Hello and welcome to episode six of Not Another Leeds Podcast because one more Leeds podcast can't hurt. Today I am joined by Kev from the Leeds House Podcast. Say hello, Kev. Hello. And Joe from the Last Word FC, uh, who's on YouTube as well, which you've probably seen his face. Say hello, Joe. Evening. Evening. Oh, very fancy. <laughs> that would do, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so how are we lads after this uh, this past week? Kev, are you have we recovered from the last day? Well, you know how I felt about my favourite player, Sinistera. Obviously, he's, he's done one now, so it was a bit of a sh- more shock towards the end of the window, but as the days have gone, everything's sunk in and I'm feeling a bit more positive about it now. Plus, it's bloody boiling as well. I'm roasting. I'm literally cooking in my own skin here today. It's, it's mental. It's that yeah. warm. It's that warm that chickens are laying hard boiled eggs. I get that. Yeah. As you can mm. see, you can see, you can see the sweat. <laughs> Joe, how about you? Are you gutted about Sinister leaving? Ah, um, it's it's fine basically, and I think I went into the deadline day going. There's going to be one bit of news. It's probably not someone coming in. Let's just hope it's not someone too big going out. And on the news that he was probably going to sue the club, it's probably the best that he's naffed off. To be honest. Yeah, we don't we, we don't want that kind of um that mentality at Leeds, do we? If you're not yeah. it's like what Farker said, um it's if you don't want to be at this club then you can you can leave, you know what I mean? Seems though we're talking about Sydney, let's let's dive into it a little bit. We 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 were on the um the stream, Kev, and we were saying oh, we might be getting Ilya's chair and all this kind of stuff. I mean, were you surprised? I was surprised that we got Anthony through the door. Were you Were you just thinking that Sydney would just go one way? Well, we yeah, we were doing it on the, the obviously on transfer deadline, weren't we? And I was obviously sitting and hoping that we would we would keep him, even though, and then all that news come out at the end of the night saying, oh, he's gone to a deal sheet and... There was obviously back and forth saying this might not go ahead, and I was sitting there crossing my fingers. But then, then we obviously got Jaden Anthony. Oh, he's, he's got come. He's back. back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's back. But yeah, we got Jaden Anthony, and I thought, okay, he's he's not actually not a bad replacement, really, considering he's probably going to be available for more games than than Sinistera, and he he's he's been played in all Bournemouth Premier League games as well, hasn't he? So far this season, he's done quite well. He's really highly rated, so yeah, maybe maybe we've come out of, the, of this better than we thought that we were going to. Yeah, I, I, I mean, at first I was like, oh, really? Do we have to lose Sydney to this? And then, but then looking at it, the stats and that, I mean, Joe, what's your if it, what was your first impressions of the completed deal that Anthony came towards? Um, basically, sort of initially good. At least there's something coming the other way as well. And I think I took the approach of Sinistera, although he's good for like a goal every two games or something like that, when he's fit is the fact that he isn't fit ever. And um, I just had a quick look now. Jaden Anthony is 23 years old and he's played 83 matches of senior football and a hell of a lot of youth football as well. And there'll be stuff that isn't on this because it's not the most comprehensive thing. So he's definitely someone that can play consistently. He's not too injured any of the time. And he's still got similar levels of like solid attacking returns. He was someone that came off the bench a lot for Bournemouth last season. And even though like he's not quite at Sinistera's level, you're not going to get many players that are at that level coming to the championship willingly, to be honest. He's got goals in him, hasn't he? Uh, he showed that when he was in the championship, yeah. and he's uh, his stats both on assists and goals uh, are quite good. For considering he's only played like proper four seasons at, at a high level of football, and his first season he only played five games, and after that he played like forty-five matches in the championship. After the, in that season, I think he scored eight goals. Let me just have a little look in assists he got. I, just, I can't see assists, but I can see he got eight goals in the championship that year, which is really really good. Yeah. You got six assists with it, I think. That's brilliant. So, yeah, that could that could be the difference of us getting automatics or the playoffs. You know, a a push. Um, Like the thing is about once you've you know what's what's come out about Sinisteria about the legal action and stuff. um, It's very. I mean, if you're that, why is it two days before the window? I mean, it's it's come out that we got offered cash deals for Sinisteria. Uh, Sinistera for the um, 
Uh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, God's sake, yeah. yes. Oh, bloody hell. Sorry, uh, James can't be here tonight because he's polyfilling some holes in the wall. Uh, as regular viewers will know, he's, a, he's quite the angry person and likes to take it out on his walls. Uh, <laughs> good to see you, James. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, so obviously Sinistera, um, I mean, he's, he's on loan. He comes back next season. What do you do with him, Joe? Would you just get rid straight away or would you try and reintegrate him? If we are, um, anywhere we are, I suppose. It, even if we get promoted, it's really hard to get a player like Sinistera or, say, a Christensen or someone like that who has who said earlier in the window, I'm going to commit myself to Leeds and then left anyway. Anyone in that situation is going to be really hard to reintegrate back into the squad, especially with what came out about what Liam Cooper said in terms of, if you don't want to be here, fuck off. Because, yeah. I mean, to, to be fair, all of the fans have rallied behind that. And it's not something that's going to be easily forgotten because we're not really a fan base that forgets things. Um, it's true, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think in the long term, you just ha- sort of have to hope he has a really good Premier League season. And then we've got a valuable asset to sell. If he keeps getting injured for Bournemouth this season, not great. If he doesn't keep getting injured for Bournemouth and he plays like he did for us, then it could be 40 million quid. But he doesn't come back, I don't think. Yeah, there's there's no coming back for this. I mean, at least Nonto, when he refused to play, at least he's showing that, that bite and that effort. And when he's playing in games, he's actually trying compared to, you know, when see was it was it you or James, Kev, that said that? I think it might have been James, actually, who said, um, you know, he, he, he didn't give that 100%, he gave that 80%, you know, and he yeah. didn't... Um, even against you know, Ipswich, when he scored the goal, and we mentioned this before, didn't we? He didn't look like he cared that he scored a goal. He just stood there like that, and it was just a bit all nonchalant, wasn't it? And it's like he didn't care. And obviously, for a player like that, you want to keep because you know he can just change a game on his uh, on his own, and he can bring in moments of magic. And as Joe said, he, he's you think he could score one a goal in every two matches from out wide. And if you just thought he was going to have a brilliant season, he's just he's just left a, a massive sour taste in the fan base's mouth, really. And no, he, I don't think he'll play for Leeds again. And I do hope that he has a great season for Bournemouth so we can um, cash in on him next season, really. Because we're going to have to, either way, if we go up or or stay in the division, he won't be playing for his next year. And I think that's yeah. the only hope that we can have from these lone players is that they go out and have great seasons and then we can sell them. I think the only one that would be welcome back probably would be Jack Harrison. But after what came out yesterday, we do we don't we don't know what's gone on with Jack behind the scenes, and he looks like he forced to move too when he said that comment about why would you want to go and play for Everton when they're in this the predicament that we what we were, and then now we're obviously on our way back up. So there's something's gone on there as well. You can see that it's just it's just, it's just puzzling how we've let this happen. Well, I don't think unless you're the fly on the wall uh, at the yeah. club, we we don't know for hundred percent, you know, because obviously Angus Kinnear's interview, it's very it was very much a front in something. You can't trust everything he says, you know. We'll we'll get onto that in a, into in a little bit, but like like Joe said, this you know it, this could be we could it could be a win win for us because Cine, I mean, in a in a bit of perspective. Sinny could get injured, you know, because he's only played 26 full games, hasn't he, for Leeds United or something yeah. like that. Uh, and uh, Anthony has bossed the championship with, uh, you know, eight, eight goals, six assists or something. Then those are those could be the difference between our season of going up and, and, and staying back down. Well, he played 45 um, games in the championship, didn't he, that season, now 46. Go. And last season, I believe he made, uh, 30, from what it says here, 30 league uh, games in the Premier League. He's already played three this year. That's that shows a sign of someone that doesn't get injured as much, and it could be make a good impact for us. We've we've got good wingers, even the, with the players we've got now, with Somerville, Nonto, uh, Rutter, and Anthony. I'd say that's we probably got the strongest wide men in the division at the moment. It's just how he's going to knit them together, and because you can see the way we're playing, uh, that he wants one of those guys to play in that ten role, and maybe he might need to change his system. So. I mean, going off what Danny's saying here, um, I think we're all in in unison with that Sinny's probably not welcome back. I mean, everyone's got their own opinions, but I think that the general consensus is, is that we will get him for the money, assuming that we don't go up this this season, and we'll sell Sinny for the money. I mean, you've got all the others coming back. 
You've got the flaccid Viking at Roma. You've got Urente, who's on <laughs> mega books for some reason. I, I, I don't believe that. Uh, I, I don't think he's on 100, 100 grand a week. I think that's he just said that. It's something a, like 120, wasn't it? Something. Yeah, like, said something he's like on that. six no, million no. pounds a year. That's I, I believe that's massively incorrect. It, there's no yeah. way we'll we'd have on, done that. Yeah, we'll we'll get onto that after the thingy. But that's just it's just you know we've got all. My point is is that we've got all these other loans that are coming back, and hopefully they perform well, so we can obviously, you know, my my positive mentality about it is we don't go up this year. Right, we've got all, we've got all this, you know what Leicester and Southampton have got. They've you know they've sold nearly hundred million with players and stuff. We've mm-hmm. only sold twenty three millions worth. Yeah, but that's but, cheating. They're selling to Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that is yeah. cheating. Yeah. I think at, at this rate, I'd get in the Chelsea team. The amount of injuries, and I'm just like the Saturday League's answer to Luke Varney. <laughs> anyway, so that was that was the last day of the window. I mean. All in all, were you happy with the window coming through? I mean, you've got uh, Joe. I'll come to you first. Um, sorry, I'm just get this. Um, I'll come to you first. Are you? What would you give your rating at for this for this window? Uh, going into deadline day, it was a nice firm eight, I think, with the number nine and ten, ironically, coming with getting a number ten in and a left back because they're areas that were still quite weak. But then again, at left-back, we've got... Apparently, Shackleton's a left-back now, and he's quite good at it, so why not? Uh, we've got Furpo, we've got Byram. There's probably enough depth, and we've got to remember it's still the championship, which yeah. Furpo will probably be fine at. We, like, it's it's not the Premier League. It's probably all right. Um, and then deadline day happened, and I'd probably knock it down to a seven. You've got to keep in mind that's like accounting for the fact that a lot of stuff that happened was basically out of who was at the club's control like it wasn't down to i've forgotten the name of the guy that they got in to do the um transfers but it wasn't down to him that we had loan clauses for almost every single important player i think all things considered i think seven eight maybe somewhere in that area that's a that's a fairly decent number kev do you agree I think it. I agree definitely. I think it would have been a maybe an eight or a nine if we would have kept Sinistera and not all the stuff happened behind the scenes with people taking us to court and all that. I, I massively agree. Seven is is a good number. Seven eight, and we'll just see what they got to do in January now. Because I can, I, I, I promise you, there will be looking at targets to bolster this team from January with all the extra money that's coming in now, uh, with all the players off the wage bill. They have to be keeping an eye out for a left back in the ten. But I agree with, again with Joe that Junior Furpo should should rip this league up in a Farka system, and not as a defender, but in a Farka system, he should play really, really well as long as he stays fit. Yeah, yeah. If, that's a big ask, though, isn't it? Keeping Junior <laughs> Furpo fit. If anyone can keep Junior Furpo fit, he needs a Nobel Prize. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? But um, it's good to see that. Like my my rating would be seven, seven point five. Um, post Sydney transfer because we've, we've got although he's not seen his level we've got Anthony in and he's got a good injury record and he looks he, he glides for me the, the stuff that I've seen of him it's like he glides down that, that down that wing you know and he can Rafinha-esque if you will not quite look and it's a bold, bold statement but uh, that's what you want you want energy don't you and you want this kind of like flair and it, obviously on the day I wasn't like it's kind of like that but um, but I'd say 7.5. I mean, beginning of the window, I was ready to just to, you know, break into Ellen Road and just do a dirty protest. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, 7, 7.5, I think, is fair. Would all agree with that? 7, 7.5? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Somewhere in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. So, moving swiftly on, speaking of um, charity and stuff, we give Sheffield Wednesday the... Uh, <laughs> the... Uh, their first points of the season. Yeah. Uh, I think we battered them, uh, missed chances, Rutter's composure. Um, but Joe, what's your overall thoughts of the game itself? I think it's a difficult one because it's one that you have to go into realizing that the game plan would have been completely ripped up something like 15 hours before when Lewis Sinistera yeah. went down south because there's absolutely no chance that Sinistera wasn't initially in that squad. 
So you're suddenly missing the guy that was going to play on your left wing. That means Somerville goes to the outside, I think, if I remember right. I can't quite remember it too well. Um, which means you need someone else to play in as the number 10. Um, and everything gets sort of shuffled around and it doesn't really work anymore because everything that you had worked on is gone. And I think that sort of added up because what we were missing was final product in the final third. We kept a clean sheet, which is great, and that's nice and rare for us, and we had a lot of control in midfield. What we were missing was where we literally lost a player like 12 hours beforehand, and I think that's fairly understandable. Cutting edge, weren't it, Joe? It was just that, that, that final pass, someone with that absolute magic that could break open a defence like that because don't get me wrong here, we're going to be playing against teams like that a lot this season. And yeah. I mean, you can see Nonto and Somerville. Obviously, they haven't played that much because obviously there have been injuries and there's obviously the strikes that they've uh, that Nonto's been on. So they're not 100% match up. Piro's just coming into the team. Rutter was injured again at the start of the season. He's just uh, working his way around the team. He didn't play that much last year either. I do think there's good things to come from those attacking players that we've got. The more they play, all play together, well, they're the fantastic four now, aren't they? It's that that Rutter, Piro, yeah. Somerville, Nonto combo, they're going to play the majority of our matches and Anthony's probably going to be maybe more of an impact player and play with one of those gets injured. Uh, they're, they're going to get better as the season goes on, but there's not much guile there. There's a lot of running, there's a lot of take-ons and there's some skill, but as Joe said, there's not much cutting edge and guile. There's there's someone that's going to unlock a defence more often than not. I can't see that in the in the current side. So we're going to have to rely on speed, power, and uh, putting away a lot of chances because we're going to need to. I mean, even yeah, then, I it mean, could just be sorry. Um, it could just be okay. players getting in their own head because it's not like we didn't have the chances. Rutter had that mm-hmm. really good save uh, from I think from Vasquez. Yeah, so, so something like that. Um, and then there was the one, of course, that he didn't successfully dink over someone. But that's one where if yeah. you're overthinking it, then obviously it's not going to go in. And no one would have minded that much if it had gone like a yard wide. It's just the fact that it went wrong in that specific way that everyone was really angry at it. And I understand yeah. it. But at the same time, it's not like we don't have quality on the pitch. It's just the day after the end of the transfer window where a team's best player arguably has gone. It's... Players are going to get in their own head and they're going to make mistakes. It's going to happen. Well, he was training, well, weren't he, on, on the day. Mm-hmm. He was training on the day because he's left full patch and apparently said, oh, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and then a couple of hours later, he's down Bournemouth in some weird hotel <laughs> with, with, Rob, with Robbie Savage. So, yeah. With Robbie Savage, yeah. It's just but strange, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's one of them things. It's um, he's probably just said that just so his card don't get tipped over while he's leaving at four parts because you know what Leeds fans and the incredible strength they've got. Um, it's just like like you say, Joe, um, Rutter had that incredible chance where Vasquez just got a strong arm to it, inch above or lower, and it's in. You know what I mean? And it's one nil, and it's not like he doesn't have the chances either. I think it's just composure. We saw it against Salford, where he just he just lacked that that quick breath and that half a second just to get you know to compose himself and just knock it in we could have batted Salford five or six nil but it's just to get like we, we were quite looking not to go down as well it's just the story of Leeds United where we batted teams and it, we saw this under Bielsa where we'd, they'll invite pressure we'll, we'll do good great intricate passing we'll absolutely just uh, just run rings around them but the, we didn't have that edge and that's the difference of winning the league and staying in the league for me. I mean, if you look at uh, Brentford, who had the front three with BMW, they were they were great. Do you know what I mean? They had, but the rest of the team won. It's just BMW just took them through. Do you know? Um, but going back to the game, I went. Sorry, I went on a bit of a tangent. Um, who was like like we'll go like we'll go to the penalty then? For me, that was a penalty. Kev, did you? Start stomping around the house like an angry budgie when you saw that. Oh, I was I was obviously shouting that that was a penalty, <laughs> but it's I mean, would it would it be given with VAR in a Premiership? Do you think? I'm just, yeah. I'm not 100 convinced on that. I've I've seen more penalties that more Stonewall penalties not given than that. But as a Leeds fan, yeah, it should have been a penalty. <laughs> I yeah, it's using my absolute bias. <laughs> it was a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it it. It 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 does it does look uh, it does look 
from certain angles, a definite stonewall penalty. And others, it looks kind of light. Joe, what's your opinion on that? Um, I think any situation in which a defender stops running towards the ball and visibly changes direction into an attacker is really hard to not give as a penalty. And it's very EFL that he just decided it's probably fine. It's it's not a foul at all. I mean, I I guess there's technically an argument for like it's not obstruction, but at the same time, it's basically a rugby tackle. Like I think most reasonable yeah. referees probably just give that. Yeah, I mean, it's the fact that Nonto's got his body across. Uh, is it Eofa? He's got his body across. Yeah, and he's 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 literally like you can't see on camera, but like bang, you know, not bang, but leaning into him and that causes him to go down and for me it's just like you say it's pure EFL um it, do, it doesn't give it but we've seen it before haven't we um it's just terrible um points drop then definitely do you think Kev uh yeah of 100% any match that we don't win this year is going to be points drop for us mm. especially yeah. when you've got Leicester fans saying that they're going to beat the uh the points record do you know what I mean? Because they've won, is it five, four out of five? Five out of five? Four, I think. Yeah, four. Yeah, four. So, the, I mean, I think we'll catch them up. You know, once we've got Jed Spence in, we've got, uh, I think Gruever, he didn't have a really good game yesterday, caused a goal for Iran. Um, I mean, <sighs> bottom of the league, Sheffield Wednesday, we're in, the club's in turmoil. You know what I mean? The, the Chan series alienating club legends I've seen today. It, 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 it's not. It's frustrating. As like you say, it's a clean sheet. Hopefully that stops the rot. But does do I mean we've got is it Millwall we've got up next? Um, a tough game, a tough side. Cresswell hopefully you know gets a goal against them. But do you think this next week's going to be beneficial for us, Joe? As in, like team cohesion. I think it'll it'll definitely help having the week of getting the team together. It's also going to help that I think Spence isn't on international duty. Piro, I don't think is on international duty. I think Kamara and Gruev going isn't the most helpful, to be honest, because yeah. they're two players that we really needed to bed in fairly sharpish. Like they've just come in through the door, they should probably like learn the system and stuff like that but that again could be a fitness thing um outside of that i it's it's just a fairly standard two weeks of training as far as i can tell there's nothing that's going to be too like special i think losing ampadu and rodon isn't going to do too much damage because they'd already fit in all right enough um other than that i think the core of the squad's still here it's not a massive issue other than nonto to italy i completely forgot he's in the italy squad and playing in the championship it's still no. quite funny yeah. to me. Okay. Well, he was in the Italy yeah. squad when he when he when he was uh, in Switzerland, wasn't he? So I think the championship popped be a little bit better than that. So yeah. everyone says that the championship's the hardest league, and the Premier League's the best league. But like maybe that's what Nonto. I mean, Nonto just a, just a spotlight on him for a second. He apparently he he's he's gone to Farker and said, you know, I'm sorry. I took some bad advice. Do you think he were assured that he would be still in the Italy team? Do you think, Kev? Is that's why he's think, turned around? Yeah, that's that's another one of the reasons. They've just got a new manager in, haven't they? Won the league with Napoli last year. Really exciting coach he is as well, the way he plays football. And he must have, if the, one of the reasons he must have said, he, oh, yeah, you you could be still in the Italy squad and he's in there. He's, he's the top, an exciting player, Nonto, when he, especially when he plays for the international team. It's like he steps up a gear as well, plays really, really good for him. And the, his past performances are not going to go unnoticed, even if he's playing in the championship. If he has a good season for us, he's definitely going to go next year to the Euros if they make it. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hopefully we, we go up this season and he, and he can prove it again for us in the, in the, in the uh, Premier League. Yeah. Right, so moving on to the meat and bones of what's happened this week, that that, that uh, Angus interview yesterday, and it's quite the bomb drop. I mean, from what he said today, I mean, I've got all this rubbish written down. I, that, I got that into it that I stopped taking, I forgot to start taking notes again. So first, one of the first things that Angus says, Sam Allardyce came into the club and says, this team lacks world-class players, even the worst teams in the Premier League. 
have world class players. You know, like your West Ham's and your Bournemouth's even. Joe, do you right? Here's a question for you, Joe. Does this team we've got now in the Championship batter Jesse Marsh's team? <laughs> yes, because it can run for more than sixty minutes. Ooh, here. <laughs> it's, it's it's not even like a cat got the claws out kind of thing. It's um because I work for DAZN at the moment. I'm like helping mm. with their like La Liga broadcasts, and I've watched Betis a few times, and I've watched Mike Rocker a bit. And I just pulled up his numbers now to have a proper look. He's played in all four of their matches so far, and he's only missed 17 minutes. And if I remember right, he was just constantly subbed off for us. He he was basically. 60 minutes and done, unless we were out of subs, in which case he had to stay on. But it's... Yeah, I, I think we've we've got a similarly good attack, arguably a better midfield, because the midfield itself wasn't that good last season. We've got better fullbacks, I'd say, because I think I'd rate Jed Spence over Rasmus Christensen any day of the week. Centre-backs are about the same. Left-back... Is Jamie Shackleton a better left back than Junior Fopa? Um And yes. Melly is the same. So, yeah. Um, I think it's just, yeah. This lead probably beats Jesse Marsh's leads and thus Allardyce's because he just played six or seven at the back again. Yep. Hmm. Kev? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm no hesitation. <laughs> this this beats them from last year. Uh, the tactics wise would beat them. Uh, the the width of the team, Spence and whoever's playing left back would just overlap their entire team because the way they were, how narrow they were, with the the destroyed and Farkas leads would be definitely beat Marsh's leads. There's oh, no yeah. doubt about it right now. Just Marsh would be screaming at his dugout. They're scared. They're scared. <laughs> That's what the terrible, absolutely terrible. But when you've got Big Sam. You've got Big Sam coming in and saying, "Yeah, I think this is unrelegationizable." Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a big, it's a big statement from Big Sam. Is that? And he also goes on to say that Jesse struggled to pull the staff together. I mean, when you see yeah. new managers and that come in, you you need you your lieutenants, don't you? And you're you're the you're in charge of this team. You need people left and right of you doing the jobs that you can't do, and also motivating the squad and Kev. I mean, what? I mean, I think it was just before he got sacked. We were still getting staff for him. Do you think that yeah, was just a shambles? Yeah, it was a shambles. I don't think they were going to sack him up until a certain point because Auto wanted to see his morals through to the end, didn't he? That Marsh was the right man. Uh, I think he brought in the, that his last coach, Chris Armas, a week before he got sacked on a big contract, and obviously Leeds had to pay him out as well to out of his contract. So that was that was another mistake that was made by the board. If we Ed, and uh, Dan, if you, we want to be talking about the board, uh, obviously Joe's just mentioned there that Andrea Radrazani is having a bit of a beef on Twitter right now. With he's commented on Lord, he Lord Lord Leeds's post by the look of it and saying that Angus has threw him under the bus. Basically, that's what it looks like. And now I think he's had a bit of wine, so that might be uh, something that everyone. Oh, has he been on the rosy? Well. Has he? Yeah, he said that, uh, and a good friend, Angus Kinnear, should have taken good responsibility of the contracts and the exit clauses as well. Wow, Legion United is the club that does not stop giving, you know. It's just, it's like <laughs> EastEnders, isn't it, really? It's just so, it's just <laughs> such a drama at all times. It's, it's more, so more drama than the bill. Yeah, more, <laughs> more drama than Cody. It's absolute mental, this yeah. is. It's not Watch just that. It's um, he, he mentioned in the tweet that you were just reading out a bit of. Um, yeah, he had responsibility of the contract with the exit clauses, which I have never read. And Angus said that it was probably Radrazani's job to read those contracts, if I remember right, which yes. is not good. And then he also oh, had no. a go at him because uh, Angus made millions from working with me, and it's like, well, you paid him. This <laughs> it's is your hire manager. It's paid. Wow, it just, he's been on. He's been on the rosy. He's had a. He's had a big pizza. He's 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 looked at his CCTV cameras and he's seen all the uh, Sapdoria ultras banging at his door because he's wanting to do dodgy signings. And he thought, you know what? I'll just uh, I'll rile up the Leeds fans a bit. It's just terrible. I mean, oh, what is he doing? 
Oh my god, what is, is he even, doing? He's not even part. He's not even part oh. of this team anymore. It's, but yeah, it's, it's just let go, mate. Leave it now. Please. Just please. She, she doesn't want you, pal. It's move on. <laughs> Go abroad. Yeah. 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 He's, he's giving he's giving stalker vibes, isn't he? Yes, yeah. Um, what he, he needs to just chill out, go home, sit in front of his, in his computer and have a nice glass of milk, don't you think? That'll sort him out. You know, he'd be really happy with some, that. Some calcium, some absolute calcium in yes, his, that's all he his, needs, yeah. That's all that's all <laughs> anyway, it's, moving on. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. So he goes. He furthermore says that there's no more director of football. So Victor Orta's um, sort of role is sort of split between Greta Steinberg, Steinson, Steinberg, Steinson, and yeah. uh, the, the guy from uh, Hammond. Hammond, that's the one. Yes. Yeah, the one, the one from Top Gear, isn't it? Yeah. The Stig. Um, yeah, the, the Stig. Stig. Stig is in charge of recruitment for Leeds. Someone, <laughs> someone has to be, don't they? Yeah. Along with Barney Rubble and, you know, Dino, Dino from the <laughs> Flintstones. He um, goes on to say that um, that's now, like, Fark is now the first team manager, which is great because that's what Bielsa said. You know, no, no, yeah. I'm, I'm that. Um, and that Marcelo said, back me. And back me and replace the squad. He wanted to. He wanted to replace the entire squad because it's like a two-year cycle. Um, but this is where you, this is where you think like can you, you like you can spindle stuff and lie basically. Um, I've seen I've, some other people say that you know he's, he's chatting rubbish, um, and then all oh, right, that's you know it's all over the spectrum. Joe, do you do you believe that? But he also wanted players that were cost about, you know, in that first season after finishing ninth. Do you believe that he wanted 50 million players through the door? 11 of them? Um, I, I wouldn't say 11 of them. I'd say, like, it'd be a five or six players in kind of job because mm-hmm. at that point we had Melier, who was still looking quite good. We had um, Llorente, who at the end of that season looked quite good. Everyone was sort of singing his praises. Um Forgotten who we had at left back. Was it Alioski at that point? Or yeah, sometimes was, yeah. Dallas. And it that was, was before yeah. Dallas got broken. Um the, there was a nice core of players there that needed, I think, four or five like replacements in it, but getting those replacements in would have been absolutely obscenely expensive, like looking at it realistically. And I can see why, from the board's point of view, going good Premier League football right now costs 30 to 50 million quid, 50 if, 50 if we want to keep up with this ninth place finish. It's probably a little bit out of our reach. And then yeah. throughout that season, things start dropping off. We get players injured. And then we ended up where we ended up with Jesse Marsh. But I think it, it would have been insanely expensive in that second season to have done a rebuild of the scale that we needed, whether that's Bielsa's fault or not. You can yeah, see what I sort mean, of players he was going after, couldn't you? Because he wanted uh, Rodrigo de Paul from Udinese at the time, and I think he went from about 25 to 30 million. Guvardio, mm-hmm. Cavarat Skelia, before he went off to Napoli, we could have got oh. him on the Jeep. Then don't, yeah, I'll know. Uh, Somewhere. There lot, Some... Yeah, there was, there was, you, and, and obviously, I think Bielsa really wanted him, and I think we didn't want to pay uh, £8 million for him or something like that. It's really, really strange. That's that's the what the story that I've heard. I don't know how true that can be. Don't quote me on that. But you can see what sort of players Bielsa wanted to bring into the team. And obviously, we didn't get those players. We got Dan James and Junior Furpo. Dan James for 30 million, by the way. We're in January as well. Yeah. It's absolutely it's crazy. But uh, English tax, eh? Or Do you know what? Tax. I forgot about Dan James when we were talking about our winkers earlier. Do you know he he could have a good impact yeah. this year? And yeah. I didn't mention him. I was talking about Anthony and that. And he's he's because of the way it's all far through. Everyone's forgot about Dan James. But yeah, he's still there, and he, yeah. he could be a decent weapon in this in this league. I'll, I think I'll, I'll... I think he looks a lot. Sorry, come. I was just say he just he just looks happier this year, don't he? He looks like he's enjoying mm. playing football again. I just wish he knew how to uh, kick the ball to the side. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I wish you knew how to do that. If he did that, it'd be an absolute monster. I just wish you knew how to be a professional footballer and good at it. 
Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> I've got a uh, controversial and potentially quite daft take on Dan James. I think he's a good player. I think that we've been tarring him with the wrong brush because he was forced to play as a centre forward all season. Because he's not. He's yeah. like five foot mm. two on a good day. <laughs> he he, he, he good is day. at heart a winger. Yeah, but, a right winger, a, a, and actually knock it to the side and whip it in winger. And yeah. He, yeah, he's been playing on the left a lot as an inside forward, hasn't he? And we probably could see the best of him if he actually just played as a right winger, just running and cross, trying to cross the ball. And because when he tries to do it on the left hand side, you can see it's always curling over or, or going over the back post or not even beating a man. He, he could be better on that right wing, but the way Farker plays, he likes the people to go inside, don't he? See. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does look, staying on Dan James a second, I think it, it does look more polished this season. I think he does, the effort's there. I do think his crossing's a lot better. He's obviously nowhere near the wingers that we, we want or sort of have, but I, I think his effort, and he's, he's more he's more rounded now. Do you, do you agree? He will scare defenders when they come on. Mm. You know, like say if he's coming on in the last twenty minutes and a team sat back and defended and lost all their energy, they're not they're not going to enjoy seeing Dan James come on the pitch. He's just mm. going to run and run and run at them at speed. He's like he's one of the fastest players in that division, and even mm. in the Premiership, he's up there as well. He's just pure speed, and uh, he just needs to harness that ability that we all hope he has and agree with Joe. He did play out position for us for a long time. If we can get him mm -hmm. into his, a natural position and get him in a run of games, he could be a good player. It's just, I do think yeah. we've got better than him right now as well. Mm. Circling, circling back to the Bielsa era, like mm -hmm. I, I, I'm sure I'm not alone in this. I'm sure you would agree, but I just can't help but see that that were a, such a missed opportunity where if we'd have, if we'd have invested in, in Bielsa, and he's in his ethos, as we did in the championship two years previous. I just feel like we could, and eventually, Rads might have assaulted him. We, we could have been that Newcastle, that Brighton now. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, it's taken Brighton like 14 years to get to where they are now. But I just think, it's so, do you think it's such a missed opportunity, Joe? Like, we could have been the Legion United of old, dominating them. Yeah. I think I'm just having a quick look for it now. Like, uh, Spending in the first season coming up into the Premier League was absolutely bonkers. It was something yeah. like 120 million pounds or something. Mm -hmm. And as much as we would have all liked to have sustained that spending season after season after season, sometimes you just can't do that, including when your owner is an Italian with not as much money as he wants to have and access to a Twitter account. Um, but and red wine, and yeah. red wine. Um, but outside of that you've got to consider that what brighton have done isn't from spending a lot of money either like what brighton do is they look for emerging football markets where not many people are looking for players such as japan for example with matoma or i think it was ecuador they got moise caicedo from yeah and caicedo cost them four million pounds and they've multiplied that times 25 so it's not the amount of money that you spend it's how intelligently you spend it and with Victor Orta at the helm, it didn't seem like that was happening. He did have a good eye for like the odd wonder kid, to be fair to him. And a lot of the time, although his transfers were hit and miss, we did get Rafinha, and that was quite yeah. nice of him. Um, but I, don't, I think it was an issue of we physically didn't have the money to invest more. I just wish we would have invested a bit smarter. We had to sell Rafinha and Phillips, didn't we, to invest in the in the, in the in the third season to bring all those players in. And this knockback effect now of spending all that money on the players last year, I believe Leeds have got over the next four years it ranges from fifty million down to forty of instalments that we're still playing for these players. There's big yeah, instalment fees that we're yeah, yeah. So um, we can't go out and spend yeah. that sort of money in the championship while Leicester and Southampton probably haven't invested the money that they've brought in, but that leaves them in a better place than what we are financially uh, on the PNS because 49ers have got loads of money, haven't they? If they, they could, if there weren't a uh, like financial fair play, they could literally put as much money as they could uh, because these balance sheets aren't as, as good as the, some of the other teams in the league because of the way we've got these installments and all that. That's why they've had to learn a lot of players out as well because we financially on paper we're in the shit 
even though we've got a lot of money from a lot of investors. Yeah. The first two seasons yeah. back in the Premier League as well, we didn't receive a single transfer fee. Yeah. So the first season back, I'm having a quick look, the players that went out were Connor Shaughnessy, J. Roy Grott, Jordan Stevens, Robbie Gotts. Second season back was Barry Douglas, Alioski, Wazim Boy, um, Pablo, Jordan Stevens. It's not the best of players, to be fair, because we didn't have any squad depth. But the fact that we weren't getting any money in was ruining the fact that we couldn't put money out again, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. See, on Pablo, this is a very good comment, this. Uh, thanks for that, mate. Uh, main problem was never replacing Pablo. Do you do you think that their replacement was Brendan Aronson? Yeah, definitely. There's no doubt about it. They thought Brendan Aronson was going to be that Pablo West player playing in that 10 shadow striker role for the team. And yeah, I agree with that comment straight away. There's no no way uh, we've, we're even close to replacing Pablo over the last couple of years at all. I think it's a little bit moneyball-y because mm. the entire gist of moneyball is you lose a really good player who scores three home runs a game, you get in three different players that get one each mm-hmm. and something like that. So I think the idea was we get Mark Rocker in, he's got the passing range in theory, we get Aronson in, he's got the positioning, and in theory we've built a Pablo, yeah. but in reality Mark Rocker didn't have the vision and Brendan Aronson didn't have the positioning and he couldn't take a tackle. And in, I'm just going to get the precise number because I don't want to be mean, but I want to be accurate. In 36 matches, he had nine shots on target last season. Is that Rocker or Aronson? Aronson from attacking midfield. So you're telling me out of 36 Premier League games, he had nine shots on target? Nine. Yep. Bloody hell. If you want it putting another way, it was something like three million pounds per shot on target. Oh my god! Don't don't. see. This is why I don't do stats. I'd rather just talk (laughs) because it's going to make me feel even worse now about some of those players. But but the money ball aspect is proper, right, Joe? It's really, really good way to put it. That is, they wanted to use that money to bring in. Uh, and I think Angus Kinnear said it yesterday on the stream. They wanted to, instead of buying nines and tens, like you used to uh, out of ten, nine out of ten and eight out of ten, you used to get out of Phillips and Rafinha. They wanted to buy six players that would be seven out of tens, and they were not seven out of tens at all. Mark Rocker just wasn't no. fit. He couldn't. He couldn't finish a match, could he? I, I, I can't. No. I can count on one hand the times that I've seen him do ninety minutes for Leeds. He, he he did show some signs that he's a good player, but. He just wasn't fit enough. And you could see when Sam Allardyce and that come in as well, they said the player's just not fit enough. And I was like, wow, that's one the one thing that we pride ourselves on for the last few years in the Bielsa era was that we would just outrun teams and we'll just pass up, pass, pass, and chase and press, mm-hmm. press, press. And we lost our whole identity when Jesse Marsh took over. And at yeah. the beginning oh. of last season, it was just a false dawn, weren't it? Because we had mm-hmm. we had such a good start. I, was, I, had me snorkel, I had me snorkels in my bag thinking that we we're going to go on a European tour. But in reality, I'm just going to <laughs> to Plymouth Beach, and I that's where I'm going. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And, and not not the good type either. Not the, yeah, not, not, the, the not the posh one. The rough no. one with yeah uh, Morrison's carts and it and that. <laughs> uh, just going back to the interview, he also goes said that the uh, two high, the risks were too high. Uh, sorry, the signings were too high risk, and they wanted eight out of tens, but really they turned out to be five out of tens. I think. Mm-hmm. Dan Moylan, credit to the square ball lads as well for for this interview because they've, they've conducted it really well. And in some respects, credit to Kinnear because he, you need to have massive cojones just to face in front of the fan base as well. Yeah. Um, but that it ends there. <laughs> um, it, it says that the, the players left are not in the future plans, so we can see we can see or expect a mass exodus next season. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with Adams and Cine leaving, uh, it says. He was surprised by the lengths that um, that they wanted to leave and their desire to leave. And I know that Tyler Adams, he used a footballing agent uh, firm, sorry, to get out. I mean, the Adams one shocks me. And apparently, you know, rumour has it, allegedly, he, he turned around and said, you can rip the contract up because I'm not coming back to Leeds United. I want to move. Joe, where does that stand for you? Um, and is Adams welcome back next season? For you, Adams has been sold, hasn't he? Adams has been sold. Yeah, Adams oh, sorry, yeah. 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 sorry, I was thinking of Sinistera. 
Would you welcome him back anyway? Um, <laughs> Would you put him at Ellen Road? No, if we needed to spend 27 million euros on him, I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is one where if it was a loan, then maybe because like we've got more concrete stuff in terms of the Sinistera thing because mm. Sinistera's agent immediately after the move going, sometimes you have to fight for freedom. And it's like, all right, just a little bit of a wanker. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Um, but, whereas but, we didn't get that publicly from Adams, but it's hard to yeah, say really, I mean, isn't it? Uh, well, Adams was at the games, wasn't he? He was there when he was like mm. around Archie Gray. And uh, in my eyes, that's probably just more of uh, of him doing that to to show the fans that he's still there. I don't think he said rip up my contract or anything like that. I think that's maybe a bit too far. But I it's do think that he's put, yeah, he's pushed for a leave, though. He obviously has. Mm. And I think he's done came... it. Sorry, carry on. Sorry, Con. No, sorry, no, you go, go mate. Yeah, go, go, go. I was finishing. I think, I, think I, I was I was going to say that. He's, if he has pushed for a move, he's, he's sort of done it the right way because he's not gone public about it. He's probably just... Well, we'd, like I said, we don't know what, what we're going on in the car, right? You know what I mean? Rip my contract. <laughs> Contractor, man, I'm out of here. That kind of thing. But it was quiet, and then all of a sudden it just came out of nowhere, didn't it? Um, he also says that um, Yorente, we, we spoke about this off air. Yorente is not on 120 grand a week. He's not 120 grand a week no. footballer. I've seen baby giraffes with more composure than <laughs> Diego Yorente, and they're think- only like five minutes old. I think that, that there's something might come out about that soon, maybe from the club because it's he's overstepped mm. there. He's, he's definitely not on a hundred and something grand a week. Uh, he was reported mm. our most uh, highest paid player even last year at the end of the season. Reported that it was Rodrigo on a hundred grand, and he was going to take a thirty to sixty percent pay cut. Um, I believe, yeah. There's no way he was on hundred grand a week just for the contract extension for an extra year for then for him to go to Roma on loan and then go for. 15 million and now it's down to four there's no way in how that we're Rome there's no way in how Roma are paying his wages for 100 grand a week along nah, there's, there's no chance no nah, nah, as, as far no as chance. I can tell from where it was in the interview though that was in the section where and correct me if I'm wrong but I think that was where Kinnear was saying we were in a position where it was either offer them ludicrous contracts or they leave. So I think he was might have been referring to say a negotiation with Urente where Urente was like, I mean, double my money and fair enough, because I can complete completely believe he was on sixty grand a week. Yeah, about that, yeah. Yeah. It it, it might be something like that where Urente's gone, give us hundred and twenty grand a week, and then Kinnear's just misspoken or something like that. That's something that I can see making a little well, bit more sense than I think he said he said six million a year, didn't he, or something like that. Yeah. Um so that could be bonuses or all like that, you know, in his contracts. But um, right, anything? Uh, I know that you were baffled about uh, Millier and the bids, Kev. Yeah, I, I just thought if we needed players, okay, we need players, and we need money to buy players, and we bought in Caldalo. Why are we rejecting twenty-five million pound plus for Elan Melier when that money could be invested straight into the team? Mm. See, I, I think. The, the, there is some smoke and mirrors that he's mentioned about this because I was just baffled that we've knocked back a twenty-five million pound bid for Ilan Melier when we're in the championship and we've, yeah, like I said, we brought in Carl Darlow. That money the, we sold him would have gone straight into the playing staff. So I, I, it's, it's, that one's a bit weird for me because I don't know if that's genuine or not because his body language is way off during that interview. He kept going, mm, yeah. Mm, Mm, a lot. Very and political. Yeah, maybe he's just said this to to show that they've had a, that they've had an aggressive transfer window by keeping some of the players that they wanted to keep. I think with with the Darlow part of that, it's important to note that we don't know when there was this Melier bid. So, mm. for example, if it was right at the start of the window, someone said twenty five million quid, take it or leave it, and we say we might be able to get later in the window get more later in the window and we don't want to risk Christopher Clarsen starting every single week in the championship, then I can see that being true. Another reason that I don't think it's complete bollocks from him is that it's such a weird thing to lie about. If you're going to make up a lie, you make up a slightly more sane one rather than listing off a bunch of players (laughs) that we are aware have probably had interest in them with numbers that we've just not heard yet. Like, it, I think it's completely believable, to be fair. But it's just... But, yeah. 
it's just it's just really it's just just doesn't sit right with me the way it came out but i mean everybody's different aren't they how they can perceive things and from what he, the, mm. when we're talking about bids it sounded like nonto the, the bid that we received from an unnamed club was bigger than than obviously everybody else's maybe possibly even closer to the 30 mark and never rejected it so it's just a, strange yeah. isn't it <laughs> it says it, it does say that we've saved 40 million in wages yeah. Um. I mean, whether that, whether that's what we can put into the, the transfer window, you know. And um, he did say, and it was on the list as well. And it goes on, uh, just on the back of that as well. He says that there's ways to leave a club, and you, that's where the body language for me, like his face went a bit pale, and he went, you know, as if like because because I think that they banked massively on keeping Sinistera, didn't they? So. I think um, we all did, like didn't we? Like... Really, we all wanted him to stay. Yeah, we all did. But you know what it is. So we'll just move uh, just quickly on to uh, loan watch. So we've got numerous um, players out on loan, but we'll 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 talk about these a second. I found this. Um, so Rasmus Christensen struggled at the beginning of the season with Roma, facing criticism from fans. Didn't make the Euro- European squad. Um, I think I believe Joe is he he's staying there now though, isn't he? If he's not in a Europa Christensen. Uh yeah. yeah, he's registered for Syria, but just not for European football, which is pretty embarrassing if you're a senior footballer who a club has paid money for for them to go. Honestly, you're not really good enough to play for us against the likes of Trabzon Spore and clubs like that. But it's quite funny. So yeah. it'll be our problem next summer rather than right now. Yeah. Cody Drama. Uh, sorry, actually, Kev. Do you like the flaccid Viking or do you would you just get rid of it? He was one of our top goal scorers last year, wasn't he? So it's 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 just <laughs> it's, it's, it's a strange <laughs> yeah. one. But I'd I'd I would rather have Jed Spence even in the premiership over Rasmus Christensen. And I hate to say it, I would rather have Luke Ayling than Rasmus Christensen. I think we are way better off without it, without him. I think that was a really weird boy. Everyone thought he was going to come in and be a cult hero, didn't they? Like mm, he was going yeah. to be the next the next uh, Pontus, but in reality, he was the next it's Brolin. Yeah, <laughs> it's just terrible. <laughs> I must be, I must admit, like Rasmus, when I saw him come, I thought, all oh, right. You know the the highlights on YouTube sold me, and yeah. I thought it loves the good chess beating badge. You know right, this all kind of stuff, and that's what you know passion merchant. Um, but so disappointing that did turn out. Um, Cody Drama had a less than impressive debut for Birmingham in the first game, but will he pick up? Do you think, Joe? Um, I mean, he did pretty well for Luton last season. I don't see a reason that he wouldn't play very well. Like he'd only been at Birmingham for a couple of days. I mm. anything that happens the day after a transfer window closes, the only response you can have is basically fine. We'll see what happens next time. Mm. Kev, any thoughts? I think uh, I think we'll regret getting getting rid of Cody Drame. But I just feel like we've got Jed Spence, haven't we? And Cody, have we seen? We saw the other day that uh, you can't play left back. So yeah, he's probably going to go on to have a really, really good career. Cody Drama. It's just not going to be with us. It's just not worked out for him, has it? It's, it's just very, like, it's just very suspicious. Sorry to yeah. cut in. It's just very suspicious that we've had four or five managers in and they've not picked him. And if they have, it's not. It's not been successful. What do you think, Kev? Do you think just not our bag? I just it's just not right for Leeds really. He's, I think it's the got it's got to be mental when it comes to Cody Drama when it comes to Leeds because let's be honest here he, he did get taken the Mickey out of by a few managers where he should have been playing and he was playing other people mm. ahead of him and he was there and then Bielsa asked him to stay and he went out on loan and, and then Marsh has not rated him let sent him out onto Luton. It's just one setback after another and then he's come back this year when we've been relegated and clubs in turmoil. It's just never been right for him. He, and but I do wish him good luck because he's, he's never not tried. He's never. It's mm. just it's just not going to be for us, and we're just going to end up losing him for nothing now, aren't we? As well. Yeah, and 
on loan to end of the season. He can sign a pre-contract agreement in January. He won't be coming back to Leeds United, but wish him, wish him best of luck. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Yep. Um, I just I hope he's plays shit against Leeds, that's all. Uh, he's not allowed Robin to play Cox. against us, I think. Yeah, he can't not play against season, us. Though. Not, not yeah. this season, just in future. And then he's ever. staying in the Championship, so it's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, Robin Cox scored an own goal in his debut match for Eintracht Frankfurt, performing at an average level. Um, has he ever has he been ever more than average, really? Robin Cox. I think he's had a few good games, but yeah, not not impressed me personally. I've I've always thought he was a bit of a calamity, to be honest. What do you think, Joe? <laughs> um, calamity Cox. Yeah, I quite like that. Nice <laughs> little bit of alliteration. Um, yeah, he, he yeah he had a few spells where he was genuinely quite good, but mm-hmm. if I know this analogy isn't going to make a lot of sense, but he's quite Bamfordy in that he needs a bit of confidence to play well. <laughs> yeah. And I'd say I'd put Rotter into the same category, and that analogy makes a lot more sense. Um, <laughs> but yeah. it is the sort of player where if he makes a mistake one game, you can see that the next match it's still in his head and he keeps overthinking it and he like doubts himself quite a lot or doesn't make a specific tackle because he's like, well, what happened then? It's a bit like Strauk when he accidentally broke Harvey Elliott. Like, you've got a mistake in your head. Don't want to make that mistake again, so you make a different mistake. And whilst he played well for spells, the moment that mistake kicked in, it was done, basically. He did carry that Harvey Elliott thing with him for a long time. You can see Pascal Stroke. He he did that, and then his game completely changed. He just went off the boil massively after that. And then he seems to have picked it back up this year. He's been one of of our best players this year. I agree with everything that Joe's just said. Yeah, I think someone's someone's, uh, said a captaincy shout. Uh, you know, it's, it's not far yeah. off, is it? Uh, Maximilian. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Sorry. Yeah, it's all right. Just carry on, carry on, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> Maximilian Verber, impressing that Borussia Mönchengladbach despite the team's slow start. I was disappointed in Maximilian. I thought he'd been all right for the championship. Kev, you've got, I know you've got his... His name up back of your shirt and all that. I have uh, not. You're a big all. fan of him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought he, uh, when he come in, everybody thought he was like amazing. But I think he was just the best of a bad bunch that we had mm-hmm. last year. Uh, he, 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 he just kept getting down onto those last ditch blocks and that all the time where in reality, we shouldn't even be doing that as a football team. Uh, <laughs> good defenders don't be, <laughs> don't do that sort of stuff. Uh, but yeah, he, when he come out, he said he was going to stay and then he's just buggered off. Probably because he found out how much tax he was paying on half wages, and he just thought, "I'm just going to do one to Germany." But yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's another one now. Probably, again, he's just none of those loan players are going to be able to come back. But I do think he could have been a step above some of the other defenders in this division, and he probably could have been our left back really as well. Which yeah, is, and it, which is funny. He's good at free kicks. Mm. Um. So Matt Rocker, we we all know uh, how good he's. At a start to La Liga, um, but apparently he's, he's pushing for a permanent. And it came out that he were, he rang Real Betis or Betis uh, every day, so he's another snake. Not it's just mad that like it's, it's just mad that these things only ever come out about Leeds, though, isn't it? You don't hear about yeah, other players ringing other clubs, going, "Yeah, it's on me," and it comes out in the media. It's just us. It's literally just <laughs> us for everything. It's it's hard to take yeah. sometimes, but, but it's also just, just leads that, isn't it? Yeah, we wouldn't have it any other way, though, lads, would we? Yeah, <laughs> who wants a who wants a boring club? Do you know what I mean? Who wants yeah. no drama? What's all that about? <laughs> Live a little, lose your hairline, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, going on to uh, Mister No Strength, Brendan Aronson had a tough debut for Union Berlin in his first match and received a red card in his second, causing him to miss the last game. Uh, now, we all know that the wind in Germany is quite strong, so he's been on the floor yeah. more than he has anywhere else. He'd make an avid breakdancer. I'd give him that. Yeah. Um, but Aronson, apart from that Chelsea game for me, I thought, and even then it was a mistake from uh, Mendy, wasn't it? Um, Kev, I want you to lay into Aronson to make me feel better. I don't want to do it anymore. I've done it for far too <laughs> long, Dan. I think, if yeah, Chelsea, and I think... Uh, was it that first half against Crystal Palace where everything changed? I think he was yeah. really good in that half as well because 
he could do some good things in the box, Brendan Aronson, sometimes. He was crap outside the box. But once he got in it, he was like twinkle toes. And he used to be able to go past people. Yeah. But he just couldn't do anything else anywhere. And just always on the floor expecting a free kick. He's just just waned on me. You know, I was like, oh, for God's sake, not this again. Like that. Yeah. Just watching him play football. He's just so disheartening. And yeah, he's not going to come back over. For, for me, Joe... Just seen like he'd always go for the foul rather than just try and win the ball. Yeah, I mean, what's your thoughts on on, on Aronson and his time at Leeds? Just to, just to finish off that uh, roundup. Uh, would you like my thoughts in the form of words <laughs> or a series of very depressing numbers? Because I found even more. I would, oh, I would like it for in, in, interpretive dance. Interpretive dance. Well, I can't <laughs> quite do that one, okay. uh, but I can tell you that he's not scored a single goal in the last three hundred and sixty-five days. Um, 25 million by the way yeah in total he had three shots every two matches he got something like two or three assists for us as a number 10 um what else uh he is in does it tell you time spent on the ground oh no not not quite i can probably see fouls one to be fair um, but he was in the bottom 5% of players for dribbling with the ball. So that's something that he was supposedly meant to be good at. And his pass accuracy was only about 70%. So most of the time, his passes wouldn't even reach the target. Yeah, My four-year-old son has a better pass percentage. When I take him to football on a Saturday morning, he's got a better pass percentage than bloody Brendan Aronson. I remember Ian Wright saying how he thought Brendan Aronson was going to be one of the best players in the league after those first few games after we signed him. Ian Wright was waxing lyrical about him. Oh, God's sake. Is, is that the same week he'd just come out of surgery and he was probably on morphine or something? Probably, does that make yeah. sense then? <laughs> it does make sense. It's the only way it does, yeah. Right then, we all know that um, towards the end of this podcast, we've got a segment called Top Knob and... We have, I hope you've got some nominations, lads, for how it works is uh, we pick out the knobs of the week. So last week, Bournemouth won it for all yep. three of us, me and James and Kev. Um, so without further ado, um, let's get into... Top Knob. Top Knob. <laughs> That's pretty good, mate. like that a lot, you yeah. know. That, that hits <laughs> Uh, Kev, I'll come to you first for your first nomination. Oh, top knob of the week. You can have two if you want. I'm just going to go with, uh, obviously, because that has been a bit of a slow week because of international break. I'm going to go with, and I'm going to go with Rads now for his pissed up. Is you going to go? I'm going to go for Rads after his uh, drunken uh, tirade on. on, on on Twitter, on Twitter. tonight, yeah, he's not done himself any glory. Yeah, I'm telling you. Sorry, Joe. If, if, I bet you, you would have said that if you'd have come to you first. And I would have thought of anyone. I want to go for Rads, and because he tried to sign a sexual offender for his team as well. So there, there you go. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, so there you go. Rads for me. Yeah, Rads. I was going to go for because he's because he's decided to remind us that he existed when. Oh no! Like, yeah, I'd done That's a pretty fair. good job of being like, well. He's gone now. We're fine. And then he's like, hello, I'm, I'm at the other side of the window. <laughs> Go away. Don't. So are you going are you going for Rads as well? Uh, yeah, especially after I've just read another tweet that he made saying, I can say whatever I like. Feel free to unfollow me. <laughs> it's on the wine. This is Who's so Who do you think good. he is? Fabrizio oh. Romano? Oh, no, yeah. This is amazing. This is so good uh, and so cringe at the same time. I was going to go with my nomination. I've got three. I want to go Bournemouth again because I just don't like them. Yeah. Uh, and tomorrow I'll go back to Morrison's when they're not looking and punch yep. some cherries. Uh, James, for not being here, I'm looking at you. Okay. That's right. And okay. uh, I'll, 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 I'll go Rads as well. So yeah, this week, I'll go Rads. This week, Rads is this week's top knob. Top knob. It's just so funky. It is so it good, is, that, yeah. mate. Yeah, so good. So, and then we've got another segment. I warned you about this, Joe, right? Yeah. So, Lord Ash on Twitter, he, I've dedicated some time to him. I don't know if you're watching, Ash. If you are watching, thank you very much. And he basically gives me a question every uh, every week. And I said, 
what uh, you know, what do you want to ask him this week? So he's come out and said, um, so. Oh, for God's sake! So, what, what, hey, the mind of a psychopath, lunatic, you know. So you could have one leg means that you've got fifty pence a year as insurance, or you've got two legs means that there's a risk of randomly pooing yourself twice a year, hundred percent certainty. So what you're going to have, lads, you're going to have one leg, or you're going to have two legs, but you shit yourself twice a year, which I'll is quite low. Yeah, I'm going to take legs. I take don't mind. I'll, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the legs because I don't. Yeah, I'd rather rather have two legs and shit myself than than one leg and fifty pence. That's the way. Yeah. I don't know. It's fifty pence. <laughs> I work he's, from he's home. Did... Doesn't that yeah. I work from home as well. <laughs> there, yeah. There you go. Yeah, you go. Yeah. It just say it. It did go on to say that um, is, there's a. Did, there's a debate to be had here. And I was like, yeah. okay, <laughs> they're just gonna they're just gonna say two legs, but I'll take the two legs. I've uh, and I'll I'll just wear nappies all the time. Yeah. Anyway, this yeah. is the Legion United podcast, by the way. Yes, um, it is. Yeah. Joe, thanks very much for coming on this week. I hope you've enjoyed yourself and thanks for having me. Bored you to death. Uh Kev, once again, thanks very much for coming in this no week. Problem. And don't forget, everyone, to like and subscribe to this channel, please. We'll see a lot more of Kevin James, who's not here. He's fixing his wall. And hopefully Joe will come back on it uh, again sometime. Um, you can get, um, you can find Joe's link to his uh, profile and YouTube channel down below in the description. Uh, Joe, can you just tell us right, right briefly what you do on your channel for us? I do all sorts of stuff. Uh, I cover general football that's beyond Leeds, but I try and keep a bit of a focus on Leedsy stuff just because that's what I care a little bit more about. Uh, yeah. I'm doing a few more streamy bits, planning on starting up a weekly stream at some point soon. I've not quite worked out when. Uh, maybe after I've gotten wedding planning stuff out of the way, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah. Just hop over it's great fun cool. yeah. yes don't forget to go subscribe to his channel as well and we've got kev you can find his link to his channel down below as well and uh thanks very much lads uh another one in the bag and let's do that thing uh where we wave at the camera and say bye okay bye bye, <laughs> bye. god's sake <laughs>